Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Shoots and Ladders podcast. My name is Pat, joined by my lovely co-host, Jen. Hello. And we are here today running down April 10th, 1993, and April 12th, 1993. What the hell was going on in the WWE? We have a Superstars episode to cover, and we also have a Raw episode to cover. As we do at the top of most of our shows, Jen, word of the day... Word of the week, my word of the week, optimistic. So going into this week, I was optimistic that maybe some of the action we would see and maybe some of the commentary we would get would uh, kind of coincide, like maybe they're happening at the same time. However, the Superstars match that we got, we we were treated to another, how shall I say, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 from Vince. (laughs) Jerry the King Lawler and Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, but we did get some, I would say, timely commentary by the live team in uh, the Mid-Hudson, Center, Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. Mm-hmm. So, Jen, you ready to run this thing down with me? Yeah. All right. Let's start with our rundown. Jen, okay. take it away. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, superstars. So it starts with a question. Who is the real champ? Is it Yokozuna? Or is it Hulk Hogan? So we get that. And then we get hit with the usual suspects, Vince, Macho Man, Jerry Lawler. And the whole thing kicks off with a Jim Duggan match. He's back. He's got his wood. He's facing Barry Horowitz, USA chant. We're back at it. Um, And then we get an update with Gorilla Monsoon. Love it. Love it. Yeah, Love to which see is it. Love to see unexpected. It. And he lets us know that Mr. Fuji is filing a formal protest that he, that Yokozuna should still be champ because there was no official contract. This was not um, a sanctioned match, right? I mean, I think I kind of agree with Mr. Fuji because there was a lot of bullshit leading up to the Bret Hart-Yokozuna match. Signings in the middle of the ring. Whatever. Then Jack Tunney comes on and lets us know that there's been much deliberation and there was an oral contract and Hulk Hogan is still the champion. Then we get a Papa Shango match. Then we get an official WWF fan club ad. Join it. Dig it. I want that cassette so bad. Tito Santana, Brooklyn Brawler match. I mean, then Mean Gene lets us know there's an encore presentation on Monday. Don't miss it. You don't want to miss this WrestleMania twice. <laughs> yeah, if you missed it before, jump right in. Forget every, mm-hmm. forget everything we've told you. You need to see it for yourself. Listen, you got two doinks in this WrestleMania. You got chloroform in this WrestleMania. You've got people dressed like S&Ms at this WrestleMania. Luna Vachon in this WrestleMania. Luna Vachon is one of the S&Ms. You've got, <laughs> like, I mean... Multiple title matches. Mega you have match. an eight foot tall man. I don't know why this WrestleMania is so bad because there's so many treasures. But it is. Um, so bad, so good. Then you get a Lex Luger match. Ladies love him. Then you get a Kamala match. Then a WrestleMania report. Like when do they stop? When do they end with Sean Mooney? Um, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb. When do they end? Three weeks. And then we're going to get the It's Available on Coliseum Home video, but also King of the Ring is coming. That's my thoughts. 
Well, I can't wait for that. May. My thought is May. At some point in May, we stop. Uh, I gotta wait till May? May? No. I don't know why I said it like that. Um, then we get the introduction of Mr. Hughes at a match commentated by Bobby Heenan and Jim Ross. We see the Andre video again. We get a Bob Backlund match. We get another WrestleMania report. And then that wraps it up. Okay. So my word of the week is overkill. I'm overly killed by this WrestleMania and the reports about it. It's over. Let it go. Elsa wants you to let it go. That's fair. Okay. What do we do on Monday? Run me down on Monday. Because this was, this the action we saw was from March 8th. So we are literally having people promote well, buying is, something that was already done. Yeah, well, this is a difference, right? Like, the Monday, so much better than the Saturday. Okay, so Monday Night Raw starts with Money, Inc. and the Beverly Brothers talking in, like, the locker room or, like, in the hallway <clears throat> of the Poughkeepsie Civic Center and they are talking about how to take down the Steiners and how good the Steiners are and how hard it is and blah, blah, blah. Because there's going to be an IRS-Scott Steiner match. Then we get live from the Mid-Hudson Center. But Rob Bartlett is back, so I was wrong when I said he was gone forever because he's not. He's here today and his shirt vest combination... His chest. ...is taking over his the, shirt vest, the whole his television. Chest. Yeah, well, keep in mind, uh, that's a strategic chest that he's got for this first episode. Yeah. But still, just the colors and patterns. Um, then we get Scott Steiner, IRS. I was confused and thought it was Money, Inc. versus Steiners, but it wasn't. Um, it was a one-on-one match. Come on. We, you, you, yeah. you know how this works. You start this to start the feud. Right. So then right. They don't have I wasn't paying complete attention. At least I think. Ugh, it felt like it was Steiners versus... No, it was Scott Steiner versus IRS. Yeah, I know. And then Million Dollar Man was outside in his fucking pristine white Yo, and he tore suit. that shit off yep. in, with one swoop. His um, tearaway suit. And then he was ready to wrestle if he needed to. And then, of course, we had uh, the Bebs. Yeah, but this was like a good... Like, honestly, this was a solid match. Mm-hmm. Your boy IRS. I know he's your favorite. Yeah, but, Scott Steiner is my favorite of the Steiners, obviously. But, but the reason they do this is because you know them. And then, like, on their own, like, could IRS have had, like, an intercontinental run? Sure. But the idea is, like, he's here with Ted DiBiase. So how do you get them to do, like, a one-on-one? And, like, how do you... Because like, if all you're doing is batting your head against the wall going, here's the Steiners versus Money, Inc. Here's whomever versus Money, Inc. And you're, you're just not doing a non-title match? This is the only way to get around it, right? And I feel like IRS is... technically speaking, like, I feel like he's, like, at this stage, probably, like, a better, just, like, I'm gonna hold the crowd's attention for 12-minute wrestler than Million Dollar Man, right? Million Dollar Man's just, like, I'm gonna set you up for the Million Dollar Dream and be over with it. That's my opinion. I like this match. Okay, fair. I was entertained. Thought it was solid. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was solid. Um, Yeah, then the Beverly Brothers come out, and there's a whole thing. Then the Beverly Brothers go at Money, Inc., and that, that's interesting. Um... Then we get Tatanka versus Von Kross, a jobber from Germany. Skull Von Kross. It was... Skull Von Kross. It just said Von Kross. Skull Von Kross. <laughs> okay. Um, and then we get a WrestleMania report, something new, mm. with Sean Mooney. Um, then Rob ba- Bar... Blah, blah, blah. Rob Bartlett. Blah, blah, blah. Rob Bartlett interviewing Luna Vachon outside the ring. 
She is the true woman of the 90s. She tells... She, she's her, the true woman of the 90s is what she says. Her voice, man, um, is wild. R.I.P. Luna. Sherry comes out. R.I.P. Sherry also. And... Uh, R.I.P. Sherry. This is the first bra and panties match that we didn't Impromptu. know... What we didn't Impromptu. know we were getting. Yeah. Um, the OG bra and panties match. Then we get Papa Shango v. Scott Taylor. In which Rob Bartlett comes back from backstage where I guess he was being torn apart by these women and his clothes are all ripped off. Um, and then Macho Man slaps, slaps him around. It's a whole... Friar Ferguson. I immediately said, that's Bastion Booger. Yeah. I was not wrong. I did not argue. I was like, that is the bug. And I looked it up and you were right. Friar Ferguson versus a dude whose name I did not write down. Chris Dovey. There it is. Um... And please, whatever you do, do not forget to call your local cable provider and watch WrestleMania 9 right after this episode of Raw. It's going to come on. You don't want to miss it twice. And hopefully this will be over next weekend because this is the encore, right? So maybe it'll be done. And then it ends with a backstage brawl between Money Inc. and the Beverly Brothers. And scene. I saw here... There's two matches that never made it to air that were dark matches that seemed the most compelling things that would have been awesome of the week. Oh, really? Undertaker, Giant Gonzalez, and, uh, a, and a Bret Hart, Razor Ramon match. Because if you... Okay, well, I'm, I mean, the Giant Gonzalez thing, but really? Razor Ramon? Because Bret remember, Hart, this and... is this is filmed April 12th, 1993, so same day. So basically what they would have done is they would have been like, this is the hour that we want to do for TV. We want to run this versus what you're running for the actual show. So that was just not aired. Um, oh, man. I really want to see that Bret Hart Razor Ramon. They have a bunch of magic. We just saw them wrestle. I want to see him again. You know, and especially since Yokozuna now is the, the champion. Listen, they like need you're to... just creating something for Bret and Razor to do. Cause... They needed to make room for Friar Ferguson. It's true. That's true. Sometimes you sometimes you see a gimmick and you go, that's not your final form. And then other times you get to the final form and that's Bastion Booger. Right? You're like, Friar Ferguson, you will evolve. Bastion Booger, you are the final evolution. But in terms of the week, our, you know, and in terms of our overall worldview, uh, no Shawn Michaels. I'll be okay. Minimum Vino Mac. Minimum Vincent McMahon. What do you mean? He was commentating both events. No, nothing about it. Like, no, yeah, but nobody was getting, like, quippy with him. Nobody was, like, pushing the agenda of, like, whether or not, you know, the events of Montreal later on. Oh, is that? Work. Oh, I'm like, what no, are you I'm just kind of talking about it because it was like, and no, we had no Bret Hart. We're going to get a, we're going to get Bret Hart next week, we were told, I believe, on Raw. They were like, oh, an interview with Bret Hart or something with Bret Hart oh, okay. addressing the controversy. But basically what we got was we got wrestling action from March 8th on, mm-hmm. on a Saturday morning. Including but not limited to Hacksaw Jim Duggan coming in the ring, throwing everything else in the ring, including his two by four, and just stomping out Barry Harwood. He threw like four folding chairs in the ring. It was very funny. Yeah, we got our tw- we got the one you know our spotlight match was the Steiner was a Steiner IRS match, which was fine. Uh, really, I was entertained. We we got a couple decent promos like that Crush promo, like I was yelling about his clothes again, and you were yelling yeah. about his frosted tips. I mean, Crush just. This iteration, the early 90s crush, he was he was crushing it. I'm not going to lie. He was crushing the 90s. It was pretty wonderful. I mean, outside of that, it was just more of the same, just churning the bottom of the barrel of shit. I don't know. I thought the, I thought that 
I agree with that. I'm talking about action. In terms of commentary, there is a... I agree with you with Superstars, 100%. But I felt like it's just... Uh, but then with Raw, I thought the Luna, Sherry... I mean, they were like just fighting in the crowd. They were tearing mm-hmm. each other's clothes off. I thought that was kind of well, fun. I thought... Well, there's two different things that we have going on. I don't want to step on you here, but there's two different things. When you're talking about the Superstars, we're literally talking about something that was filmed like 30 plus days earlier before even the pay-per-view event. So we're just churning the bot. It's literally like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Right. I could say that... But we know that's what it is. Macho it's what Man, it is every week. But Macho Man and Jerry Lawler were on fire. There was one comment yeah. that I specifically yeah. remember. Someone saying something about... Something to the effect of... Oh, he's having a hard time getting him on his back. To which Mod sort of said, I hear you have a hard time getting people on their back too. And I just started laughing. I was like, oh my God, it was so good. Obviously, he's talking about pitting people for wrestling. But I mean, come on, man. Just so good. I mean, was was he? Oh, So funny. So good. And the Macho Man is just in his bag the entire time. Like, if you were ever a fan of the Macho Man... This is probably, especially if you're like our age, you know, if you're a kid, you know, born in the 80s, you know, and you came of age in the 90s, you know, had your teens and stuff. Like if you watch any sort of wrestling, like this is just like the golden era right now of Macho Man. They got him on the mic. He's so silly. He comes out every now and again, right? He will. He can't come out and wrestle Yokozuna. Mm -hmm. I know he's going to wrestle next year at WrestleMania. Like he'll come out. They'll bring him out every now and again. But... You don't expect him to win. You just kind of expect him to be there. I, I think the only comp that I have is like early 2000s, almost like Taz, where you're like, this guy had like a whole other career in ECW that people know him from that. And then he's a commentator, but then they drag him out sometimes. Because I feel like Lawler is just different. I feel like he's like a, an enigma. Because from what I understand, like he keeps wrestling into the mid 2000s. Fairly late. He wrestles now. I know. Still. I know. That's what I'm saying. He's still like, like him and Ric Flair are like two like ageless wonders. Like I feel like Macho kind of, because then Macho Man is going to reinvent himself obviously and go to WCW. But for now, when he's here and he's doing this, it's just so good. His commentary is so good. His commercials are so good. Everything is so good. His commentary sometimes isn't that good because it's just really weird. But if you appreciate Mm -hmm. him and that, and like that he just says shit that makes no sense, then it's good. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people that are like, "Eh, he's really not that great. And it's like, true, but also, like, I could be so bored by whatever, like, you know, job or match I'm watching. And then he'll just say something so fucking off the wall that, like, it'll just kill me. You know know what it, you know, you know what it is, what I was going to say is like, right now, there's a certain moment in sports, you know, there's, uh, you know, basketball teams are in the playoffs and you also, even last year, you had baseball teams in the playoffs and certain national, we're from New York. So I'm, I'm anyone from New York, but you can appreciate it. Like your hometown, you have like a hometown broadcasting team, right? And like, I, when I think of wrestling, my hometown broadcasting team, like the team that I think is the best then I'm like, okay, they're the best is always going to be JR and Jerry the King Lawler, right? They're, they're like kind of the gold standard, I think. But when you're here and you have these like special, like this little special run of Macho Man when he's doing it, everybody knows who he is. You know, it's kind of like Alex Rodriguez on, uh, you know, the ESPN game on baseball or something. You know who these people are. He's a national figure. You know who he is. And I think he does a really good job for like a national figure doing something. Like, you know that you're going to get batshit insane commentary from the Macho Man because that's what you end up getting. You know that he's he's probably gonna tie himself into multiple knots, which he does. Here, even uh, oh, you know, you have a hard time getting people on the mat. 
And you also know then you're gonna get in, you're gonna get dispersed with like a Macho Man commentary. Like it's it's just so good. It just makes me feel like he's not the best at all. But if I have to suffer through this, I'd rather suffer through it with him than have you know Jr. right now because we get Jr. a couple times. Like we had him at WrestleMania. It's like if Jr. is narrating shit, it's not as good, right? That's how I feel. How do you feel? I mean, yeah, no, I I agree with you. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're really going to throw this at me and put me to sleep, give me Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, who are great. <sighs> I love great Bobby Heenan. They're great for their era. They're great narrating their people and being the heel manager and doing the Hulk Hogan, that, that whole thing. Like, that's fine. They're I the like, like a like a... I mean, Heenan and Monsoon are classic. I do like when, like, a Heenan-Mach combination, you know, something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I am... I can laugh... At the Vince McMahonisms of it, like of it all, proboscis. Yeah, Trapezius. and the like, and the like, what maneuvers and all that. Um, but I do. He does grind my gears. He does. He does. Well, I mean, <laughs> he does in this in this form, you know. In this form of Vince, he is the promoter, and you don't know that he's also the owner. And once he becomes the Mister McMahon corporate character. I, as you've seen, I mean, there's that's that's undefeated. It's just undefeated. It's the greatest villain ever. Even when he becomes a, a you know a face, he's still a, always a oh, heel. 100%. Always, always on the edge of being a heel within a second. But I just enjoy the Macho Man commentary, and I was literally no, thinking about it. Is, it is hilarious, and he says some shit that's just so off the wall. And like his interactions with Rob Bartlett, like you can tell he he hates him. He doesn't really like him, right? Yeah. I mean, I would assume that from hearing the commentary, and like. It's just, I don't know. It's just funny. You could tell that Macho Man has spent his career building this persona and this character. Being Macho. And then he's next to Rob Bartlett, who is like, he doesn't respect this art form. And the two of them collide. Yeah, he really should. You know what would be interesting? A Macho Man, Razor Ramon run. Where they compete over who has more macho, machismo. Because they're both running on machismo, right? I hate to burst your bubble. As a kid that loved Razor Ramon, because I did, and, you know, Scott Hall, the bad guy, whatever, the answer is Macho Man. There has never been a man that has more machismo than the Macho Man who every week wears a different pimp suit outfit. Razor Ramon literally is dripping machismo. He's oozing it. I understand. He has to be so strong. For his, his trapezius, his trapezoids mm-hmm. to hold all of those gold chains. But do you know why he's daily do you know why he's dripping in machismo? Because Macho Man, Macho Man bottles his sweat inside of like a fire truck, and that's the machismo that is shot onto Razor Ramon. Okay, he's shooting it with a hose onto him because Macho Man is machismo. I've period. never seen Macho Man do a razor's edge. On a person before. Because he can't. Because he's only like... He was only like six foot tall. He jumps from the top rope like a lord. And hits you Just with that Just because you're six dra- foot tall dra- doesn't mean you can't razor his edge somebody. Okay? Listen, okay? Different errors. Different errors. Different errors. Ashley Schaefer BMW. Ashley Schaefer BMW. Reset it. Little Ashley Schaefer. Jen. What? You're asking... <laughs> Macho Man versus Razor. You know, it's funny you say that. I bet you if we go and Google it, there's probably exists on WCW. You're going to have a Scott Hall versus uh, 
there has to be a Scott Hall Macho oh, Man match. Yeah, there has to be. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because it's just it's out of context. It's com- that's not like you want nineteen eighties Macho Man. You no, want I want the Macho the Man. The Macho King. And the guy who's oozing machismo, like Scott Hall. I don't think ooze machismo. Razor Ramon did. I don't know because I didn't watch WCW. You know, so I don't really know. You want the Macho King. That's what you want. You're looking for the Macho King pop figure. Ma- I see him. Macho Man Randy said the Macho King. That's what you want. Is the Macho King. That's what you want. You know, sometimes we watch these episodes and uh, we end up on these tangents because that's all we got. Yeah. Let's rein it back in. Match of the week. Mm. I- our, IRS Scott's that Has to be. Because it's the longest match. It's the best match. I will say. It's entertaining. The most disappointing match. My man Tatanka. We had a whole uh, hypothetical. Like what would have happened had he won the IC belt? And I'm like, it just, it never would have happened. I just still feel that he probably needed like one or two more moves. When I think about the Razor, Ram- Razor Ramon suite of moves, he's got the sack of shit. Mm-hmm. He's got the Razor's Edge. And he's got his abdominal stretch. The ab- abdominal stretch, yeah. He's got his three moves. Brett's got his second rope. He also forearm. slaps you in the face. I like oh, yeah. that shit. Brett's um, got the second rope forearm. He's got his sharpshooter. He adds the figure four leg lock on the post. Which he does well, that, that in like that's way down the line, but yeah. Well, that's probably 96. I bet you guys had 96. <laughs> I think so. Or 97. And he's got the side Russian leg sweep. The side Russian leg sweep. Um, <coughs> I love Tatanka. As a kid, I loved Tatanka. I think that it would have been hard for him to do a good title run because of his mic skills. You know, his promo skills. I don't know. I don't think it's... I don't my, want to I, be mean. I just think it's moveset. I think sometimes, with, like, like when, I, when I think back, because I know we're going to get it probably pretty soon, there's a really good, like, model Rick Martel match where you're like, wow, that was a really good wrestling match. I know it's coming for, like, the IC belt. I don't I don't remember who it's against. I think it's against Razor. Razor, I, I don't think. remember, but it's a yeah, good match. It's Razor. And, and I think about, like, him, I think about some people like him, and I'm like, you know, it's real easy when you're just maybe, you know, only going to be on TV once a month or once every couple, whatever. I think... You know, when you're traveling and people are like, oh, okay, this is the Native American Tatanka and he's doing the war beat and I'm here for it. It's fun. When you hear his music drop, it's fun. You know, it's going to be cool. But it's just, I think his moves. I think he's need like two or three more moves. Like his matches to go a little longer. Like this is, he was in a four and a half minute, you know, jobber match and just was kind of like, eh. Yeah. You know, he just need more moves. Sometimes you look at people and you're like, they could be the best on the mic, but if they have no moves, it sucks. And same thing, if they could be a great in-ring performer, they can do 20 different moves, but then you're just like, ah. I think he needed more moves. I think his mic stuff was fine because he's gonna hook up with Million Dollar yeah, Man. Maybe he if he like he like did more like live mic stuff, but like the promos are just kind of stale. I feel it, but I think and I mean that for all of those types of promos, not just him. They're like the the ones in front of the green screen, you know. I don't think obviously. I think the, which is why we're even doing this because they're funny, but they're also like one. I think I this? think there's only like two people now or th- three people now that I would say have any sort of real significant well. Let's back up. Four people and one dead man. Because whatever The Undertaker does. Because he was there with Paul Bearer, which we'll touch on that in a second. But whatever they do is always class. But you have Mr. Perfect, because he's Mr. Perfect. You have um, Money Inc. You have Brett and you have Sean. Like, I kind of feel like they're like the gold standard. Then you have Razor, who did some great intro vignettes, but he's been kind of gone for a hot minute. That's really like your your gold standard. Those are your people that you're like, all right, these guys can cut promos if you're an old school hulk hogan fan mm-hmm. fine you get some of those lawler, Mr. Can, 
Lawler can cut a, a mean promo. He can, but he's a Lawler's a, an enigma to me, even even at this point, because it's just like he's not a full time wrestler. He is a, a commentator, so he kind of does both things. He's, he's in both worlds, so of course he can talk and be funny because that's what he does all day long. But that's what like Roddy Piper did too before he left. Yeah, but Roddy Piper at one point was just Roddy Piper. Yeah, but he always had Piper's pit. He was always kind of mm-hmm. on that other, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get the Heartbreak Hotel. I'm saying Shawn Michaels, when he comes Shawn on, Michaels he, he, does he that can too. cut the shitty green screen. Promo. He's not as good as a commentator. Uh, but, like, Shawn Michaels commentates sometimes. He's not as good as Lawler or Piper, I don't think. But I, f- I feel like when people get to be their natural self, which and, th- and that'll be mm-hmm. more like in, like, 95-ish as it starts to bleed in, then you're going to get the better promos. I, and I think like that might you're... be part of it with Tatanka. Like, obviously, I mean, he is real Native American, but... He, is he really living a life as a traditional Native American? I, I don't know. You know, he's probably also, like, a dude who lives in America, in American he's culture. just living exactly like I know. every other wrestler on the I know, road, but you know? Like, that's what I'm saying. And, like, to not be able to just be, like, kind of acting like... I mean, that might be, you're mm-hmm. playing a cartoon, basically, you know. 100%. Um, not disparaging any... I would say it's probably yeah that was our best match and then I'm then I'm thinking now I'm thinking the best promo is just to me was that Paul Bear Undertaker promo I thought that was great where they were talking about the chloroform and how they still <laughs> have the shirt yeah like all the bullshit that was just like oh my god the Eleanor Harvey Whippleman yeah my, that was probably the best promo my favorite promo was well, I don't know if you even consider it a promo but the interview with Luna that turned into a uh, fight with I mean Luna. Back in 93, when she'd come out with her voice, that's just, like, I can't mm-hmm. even do it. It's so insane. Her and voice of I smoked 7,000 cigarettes you know the night before. You know when you make that, like, like It hurts to do it. Yeah, I'm like, mm-hmm. she, her voice probably hurt so much the next day. Um, Unless that was just how her and voice then really came, was. No, because she doesn't sound like that in the later 90s when you hear her okay. talk. I mean, she does a little bit of it, but it's not like... Yeah, maybe it's just exaggerate. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody's voice sounds like that. But uh, and then Sherry came out and her makeup looked weird. Like it looked like she had no eye. I was like, oh, she looks creepy. And then they got into their little fight. Um, yeah, I thought that was fun. I was like, yeah, because I think they're both really my my cool, problem, badass ladies. And, I'm uh, gonna tell you something. My problem is that this was filmed on April 14th. That should have been 12th. 12th. That should have been filmed on like. March 3rd. March 8th. March, you know, whatever. That should have been filmed at one of these other things. So then there was a reason why at WrestleMania they had any sort of juice. It's like now you're creating something that comes from that, which well, had Well, no, nothing. I can understand that. Okay. So, like, this is from WrestleMania, right? Like, I can understand them having... I can understand if before WrestleMania they made a point to be like, Sherry kept coming out and saying, Sean, I'm going to be into Tonka side. You, you did me dirty. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then you know that that's happening, so he brings Luna, right? Which is right, why it have happened. No juice. They didn't give you enough juice behind it mm-hmm. to start. That's my point. But there's, I'm there's happy no that juice. I'm happy that they're trying. To, I don't really think it goes anywhere, but I'm happy that at least something's happening. With yeah, because well, I just love saying. Sherry and I love Luna. Well, and... we we do have to say as we do our rewatch though that like we didn't watch the superstars, and there's more superstars available now on uh, WWE Network Are or there? Peacock. Well, there's those other seasons. Like when we first started this, like last year, everything we were watching. Remember, we were watching on YouTube, and it was oh, really bad audio. You know what's funny about that? Now they poured it over more. Do you remember when we were doing that, and the promos would be regional. They'd be different. Yeah, so yeah. you wouldn't see, like, all the same promos. But I'm just saying, whatever they have now, like, there's there's at least, it goes at least to, like, I think, feel like 96 or something with Superstar, something like that, because there's a whole bunch of, you know, 
Heartbreak Hotel, a whole bunch of stuff that we've never actually seen because we just were watching Raw, right? We just turn on Raw and let that run. You'd see a clip of whatever, you know. Raw and the five Whatever pay-per-views. important happened at Superstars, you'd see on the next Raw. You wouldn't see anything crazy. But yeah, I mean, they obviously get a little better, but... The, the Heartbreak Hotel doesn't start, I think, until 94. So. It doesn't... I'm just saying, all of these... Like, we have more... Like, so when you're talking about this feud, maybe it plays out on the Superstars. I don't know. I think it starts the same time that the King's Court starts, starts which I thought was going to be, like, now. It doesn't start for, like, a year. Mm-hmm. So... Well, because I think they're working on... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does, like... I think Lawler's going to do some interviews and stuff in Well, he's, he also has a... Yeah, and it, well, he is going to do interviews in Ring, because that's how he starts the Bret Hart feud. That's going to come after King of the Ring because he starts talking shit to Stu and Helen. Um, and then that's what gets all that going for Survivor talks, Series. Remember, remember when they had Tiny Tim there? Like, mm-hmm. he, like uh, he breaks his little ukulele. Like, what? I can't. We got a lot of cringe coming. I just don't understand that the, the Tiny Tim um, involvement. I just, it's so weird. Everything is, gets so weird. Anywho, we're not really talking about what we saw that much. Uh, Friar Ferguson, I mean, he's here for you. Give me the Bastion Booker angle. I just, just morph right now. I just, Ferguson. The fact that everybody is a Halloween costume is <laughs> so ridiculous. It's like it, it's like Vince McMahon is advertising Spirit of Halloween. Like if instead of Ike <laughs> Pro, it just said Spirit of Halloween, because like he comes out and he has like like a pad like a pad on his chest that says Monk. Right? Doesn't it say like monk. I, I don't even like remember. I'm a monk. Yeah. Instead of I'm a model, I'm a monk. <laughs> so he like flips it up so you know that like he's Friar Ferguson. Like okay. In case you weren't sure what I was supposed to be. So so far our current gimmicks that we have, we had a model. I think he's still around. So he we, ha- is, we have a model gonna... who has to tell you he's a model. We have a strutting and cutting barber who is a beefcake. He's telling you he's a barber and he's a beefcake. We have. Um, the real American who's going to fight for the rights of every man. We have a narcissist, right? Who is just so into himself that he has to bring a mirror mm-hmm. to look at himself. Mm-hmm. We have a hitman who happens to advertise on the back of his tights. His name is Bret Hart. He's a hitman. He's like the least gimmicky. I know. Still, we have a king. Uh, uh-huh. We have a macho man. He's macho. We've now added a friar. <laughs> we have an undertaker. We have an undertaker. From the 1800s. And a mortician. We have a voodoo priest. We have a voodoo priest named Papa Shango. We have um, a giant. <laughs> we have a a millionaire. We have a millionaire and his and a tax a- man. accountant slash tax man. We have the college wrestlers. We also have a man from, literally a man from Uganda, a giant, who is a man. He's not a giant. Led by a reverend. He's just a man. Named Reverend Slick, which if there's ever been a more KG Reverend name, like my name is Reverend Slick, like dude, just change the last name. Like it seems like you're swindling someone. We got a, a matador. El matador. We have someone who's perfect. Although that's not really. Yeah, anything. he's actually not. He's he's fine. He's just his, a dude. His bro. gimmick is. He's cool. a dude, bro. He he's a, he's a jock. He listens to yacht rock. He definitely <laughs> listens to yacht rock. Um, a hundred percent. Have we touched every... Oh, well, we, we all... I mean, Razor is just... That's not even a gimmick. A, that's just a A man. guy from Miami. A, a, guy a, from a Miami. Cuban guy from Miami. A yeah, it's a gimmick. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, no, he's no, not I, from Miami or Cuban, so... But what got us down the, down the gimmick trail was literally, like, we have a man that's like, I'm a friar. Like, okay, spirit of Halloween, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We have, you know, uh, Bob Backlund, who is just the prototypical good guy wrestler. 
we have a guy that walks around with a two boy. A, a two, two by four. A I know. two boy for you. I, I left him out because I'm like, that's the, he he's not. America. He's but, a lumberjack. He's basically a lumberjack. You know, because because when we do a check in in a year, we may have a plumber and also a dentist sure. and also oh, the, <laughs> still an undertaker. Oh, the plumber. Still a more. T- yeah. The garbage what's his, man. What's his plunger's name? Betsy. Oh, I don't even. I think he was there. We saw him, I think, for like two weeks. I think his plunger's name is Betsy. You know, the hog farmer. I can't. I will say we have lost Max Moon. R.I.P. To that gimmick. It's still out there. Like, the the actor didn't die, but he's the the, 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 the performer didn't die. So, like, what makes Max Moon's gimmick too much, but yet we have all these other fucking things? I think 90% of what makes the gimmick too too much is, like, you have to be able to connect to the audience. Doesn't matter how much you want to, like, doesn't matter how weird your gimmick is, you mm-hmm. have to connect to the audience. Once you connect to the audience, like, the million dollar man is the million dollar man, and he's a heel, and he's the million dollar man. And you know, his his name tells you what he is. Like, Max Moon, I don't know what your name tells me. And then you came out as a robot, so I didn't understand that. And then... Well, he's somehow both a robot and talk. also a, he's like a space robot. Right, but then he didn't talk. So then, like all of it together, it doesn't really work. Well, they didn't have the technology in 1993 for robots to talk like right now when AI is basically taking over. It's true, but I mean, it's um, true, it's true. But then, then you're like, what makes the gimmick of Shawn Michaels work? Like he was a rocker, and then what makes that gimmick work now? It's because he's he's electric on the mic. That's what makes it work. Well, it's also... You watch the promo and you laugh. Okay. It's like Macho Man. Yeah, but there's also things with pro- gimmicks like the Heartbreak Kid gimmick and the Hitman gimmick and even Razor Ramon's gimmick where they're like, sure, it's campy, right? They're all a little campy, but they're really... Their gimmick is based on a personality, not like... A profession? A profession. Ex- or ethnicity you know what i mean or nationality it's, it's based on like well i guess i guess raise a little bit but not really it's more like i'm a tough guy from miami or i'm a hitman who's somehow a really good guy or like i'm a a, a heartbreak i'm a heartbreaker you know it's all things that and that kind of like trans actually i think from the rocker that went pretty well right like it actually kind of made sense cheesy as it is but you're right like they're all good on the mic and they're like their personalities come through, not just their gimmick. You right. Know? Well, you have to be able to be good on the mic. Yeah. You're all playing a character. All... Everything's a character. But where it matters... Like, like Mr. Perfect works perfectly, I might say, because he's fucking fire on the mic. Right. And also, his, you know, he plays into his gimmick really well. You know, mm-hmm. he plays into the frat boy, douchey guy. Not frat boy, but, but frat guy. But it's not guy. hard to play into a gimmick of perfection when you are perfect. That, that part is true. Having said that, when we did our gimmick rundown, I will just say the friar's not going to last. Because a wrestling friar brings nothing to the table. He doesn't talk about anything. And he doesn't do anything spectacular. Ludwig Borga is coming. Now, I will say, what was a... what what? That's true. Yeah, but he gets hurt, I think. And then he dies, like, in real life. I think oh. It, yeah, oh. I think he gets, like, hurt. Oh, no. And, like, that's his thing. Because it's supposed to be him versus Lex Luger. And then I think he gets hurt. Because I think they're supposed to go against each other in, like, SummerSlam next year. I don't remember. Something like one of the main one of the main events, and then like he just isn't there, which I think is part of the stuff that derailed Lex Luger. I think part of it is that Vince is trying to push him so much, and I think the other part is that like even that mid card level, I think like he he because that was an angle. They kept going on and on about the Ludwig Borga Lex match, and it just like didn't happen. And I think that sucks sometimes for them when you're you know when the person that they're trying to promote you with at a pay per view like 
you, that just fizzles. It's like mm-hmm. we t- it's like we talked about with some of these other ones that just don't happen, and you're like, oh shit, that's like there's no juice to the match. I think we said it when we were watching this WrestleMania versus you know um, like current times, like uh, you know Sammy Roman a couple months back, where you're like, wow, this that had real juice, so you were really invested. And the action transcended everything because the crowd's involved. Like, there's a, just a different level yeah. of the whole thing. And when you're watching this WrestleMania, you're like, the crowd seems kind of like, eh. And then you're like, what is the juice between Giant Gonzalez and Undertaker? There right. is none. It's not the Undertaker's fault. No. The, the juice is Harvey Whippleman being pissed. But, like, <laughs> what juice does he bring to the Undertaker? It's just so silly. The yeah. whole thing brings nothing. And then but, I mean, like, even ah. now, like... The Roman Sammy thing is great, and there's so many like side pieces to that. The Usos and you know Ko and all the all those people that make this that whole thing so good. But like, there's still things now that like are boring, right? They like oh, I don't care about this. I'm not gonna whatever you know. It's just like with anything, the nether, it's not all gonna be great. But part know. of it, I guess, is what I'm saying. But I guess part, but you know. it just sucks when here there. It seems like they're just relying on. Hulk Hogan to bring all the juice and it's like well no people wanted to root for Brett and like also you have Hulk Hogan come in win it and then poof disappear and he doesn't show up so like what is the point well because I think that the big thing here is you know as we do know we're going to the new generation it is a transition but I think the big thing here is that you are also going from wrestling as a local um and regional event where people are coming to your town right Versus now you can consume it on television. And as they're polishing that product and getting that product to a level, that's part of what all of it is. Because, you know, to go back to even like now, it's like what makes certain things compelling or you want to watch certain things. It's about the story that they're telling. And, you know, for example, the Sammy Roman Reigns thing I just saw on Sammy's Twitter the other day. That it was almost it was like a year ago, like last week, that he even like went in to go and be a part of the whole thing. So it's like you think about it and you go, Oh wow, that was a year. It took a year for that story to get to there, but it took about ten months for the story to play out where it played out. Yeah. And there were plenty of beats that were slow and weren't really great, but then you really did get a good payoff. And it's like here, I think they're just doing a lot of just like straight up like here's Giant Gonzalez fucking up the Royal Rumble to then just have this quick build for four months later. So I see him once and I see him again. But then if you're watching the stuff week to week, you're like, you don't see anything from the guy. Yeah. Well, there also and hasn't been... And it's just been... like trash. And you're like, this sucks. And I think this is kind of like, for me, I like... And there's like a long-term champion. And there really hasn't been since we started watching this a year ago. It's been... There won't be one. Hulk Hogan, then Undertaker for a day, then Ric Flair. And Ric Flair was probably the one that had it the longest. Then Macho Man, then Ric Flair, then... Bret Hart. Bret Hart. And then... So I'd say Bret Hart and Ric Flair kind of had it the longest, but it's just been a lot of back and forth. There won't be one until... Well, I think Yokozuna has it for a decent amount of time. No. But then I think Diesel is actually the longest reigning champion in this era. He has it for almost a year. It's possible. And doesn't lose it for a while. And I always think that, I don't know, I like a long-term champion. Like, I like to feel like the person who has it is really hard to beat. Yeah, I don't know. I know you don't like that as much as I do, but... Well, it's it's different. It's different. I, I, think, it's, I think it's about the hours that you're on television. The hours that you're on pay-per-views. I think that's what matters the most. I think, like, you know, if Diesel does have it for a year, part of it, if I remember some of the stuff correctly, is, like, Sean disappears... 
then like he has a feud with like different things. I think it's just more like how much you're on TV. If you're on TV every day and nobody could ever beat you, that kind of sucks. Like the Roman Reigns angle they have now is different because I think it got to a level and sometimes things get to I a like level. It. I like it. I think it's yeah, cool. Yeah, that, well, like... it, it gets to a level now. Like, for example, you're going to have a pay-per-view uh, a couple weeks and you're, we're just like, he's not even going to like wrestle because what's the point? Nobody's going to beat him. You can't have somebody beat him now. There's no juice. It's got to be, you know. So that's part of the whole thing. You, you got to get some juice to the whole thing. And uh, we're building on some stuff. Now, yeah. Jen? Yeah. Maybe it was Yokozuna, actually. It was all, well, well, I'm looking I this up now. I think Yokozuna gets it in SummerSlam, and I don't think he loses it again until WrestleMania. So that's probably what you're going to say. He's going to get this SummerSlam, and I don't think he loses it again until WrestleMania. So he's probably the longest. Oh. Taka Michinoku. I'm like, but I'm not talking about the light heavyweight champs, my guy. Wonder Blaze. Diesel had it for 358 days, almost a whole year. Well, so he is the long of the '90s, the longest reigning champ. Right, which is still only a year. Which Roman Reigns, I think, is approaching a thousand days. So. Yeah. Exactly as much as Bob Backlund had it like two thousand days. So again, you're but just, again, that wasn't televised. That's regional. Like, right, right, right. Not, I mean, regional. not that it was. It was televised, but it's not the same. You know? It's completely different. Mm-hmm. It's completely different to be like, hey, we're gonna. You might be on TV once every six months. What the fuck are we talking about? We are just. That's what happens sometimes on this. We just ramble a little, and then we end up probably getting and creating better content, talking Guys, about some of our favorite gimmicks. I would suggest watching this raw. I would suggest maybe not needing to watch the superstars if you're gonna do this. I mean, listen, if you are a Jim Duggan extremist, watch his match. He's back, you know. Gorilla Monsoon, Jack Tunney, but the raw is better, obviously. Jim, superstars. Pat, let's wrap this up here. Let's do it. Who won the week? Um, <laughs> I don't know because I didn't put a, I didn't put an answer because I couldn't think. Winner of the week, clearly. Jim Duggan, he's back. No, okay. Win, winner of the week, clearly. Million Dollar Man, because you know what? I'm gonna tell you right now. He comes out in his pristine dapper suit, <laughs> rips it off in one pull, and we're clearly getting a push now for him and IRS as tag team champions. He wins a week because. He's out here. He's calling out, you know, he's br- he's bringing, di- he's calling out the Steiners. Like, he's the one creating the juice and the action right now in the time that we got. That's me. Loser of the week, I'm going to go ahead and give it to the only person I could think of that lost this week, and that is Friar Ferguson. Rob Bartlett? Friar Ferguson. Got beat up by ladies? No, Friar Ferguson. And I'm going to tell you why, because he had to wear a sign that said, I'm a monk, not even I'm a friar. So he can't <laughs> even get his fucking gimmick right. Is he a monk or is he a friar? Is what it is kind he? of the same thing? No, not really. I don't, I don't think really so. Know. I, don't I don't know really anything think about so. these things. And even if they are, just just the, the branding. I'm a monk? Then he's Monk Ferguson. Not Friar Ferguson. Just say, I'm a friar. I don't understand. So, he, um, he's taking the L. What is your favorite promo? Mine is the ladies. My favorite promo uh, is the Undertaker, Paul Bearer. Because it ends with them, like, it ends with it Paul is good. Bearer just, like, just doing the Paul Bearer side eye. <laughs> All the way off screen, like, staring at Mean Gene. And it's Mean Gene. I love when it's Mean Gene because it's, like... The thing about Mean Gene when he is doing it is he brings such, such cruise ship energy. And I love it. It just is so 1980s. Like, I don't know why I'm here, but I feel like you've just brought a levity to the situation. Like, like this is... Like, he, he... 
he elevates it in a way. Like, when Todd Pettengale is doing stuff later on, he makes it fun and more, like, almost, like, kid-like. But I feel like Mean Gene is like, this is official. Like, I'm Mean Gene. Like, you know? I don't know. I love Mean Gene. I love Mean Gene. No, I agree with you. He brings that energy. So I'm going to give it to them. Um, outfit of the week goes to Rob Bartlett because he's wearing crazy shit. You can make your call. I'm giving it to Crush. That's fine. Listen, I got to give something to Bartlett. I think this might actually be his last week. But we'll find out next week. And that's it. I don't know what we've been talking about. If you have listened and are still here, thank you. We appreciate you. I hope you get a kick out of this silly shit like we do. Keep coming back. Send us a line. Please do. Tell us any, any uh, you know, we're looking for some more ideas as we go through some of these uh, lighter episodes for any sort of discussions. Like we had a little tangent where we did a little current job corner check in. Yeah. Maybe we'll rate them down the line. Maybe we'll rate them at like King of the Ring or something. We'll figure it out. Rate but what? Rate the jobs. Rate how good people are being what their jobs are. Their fake wrestling jobs. Oh, at their, at their occupations. Because Isaac Yankum DDS, I mean, he's he does not he's seem terrible. like he's good at he's his job. He's terrible at his job. Yeah. Um, what about people like, I mean, I don't know if Hitman's really good at his job because I haven't seen him kill anybody. You know, I, I might have to th- rethink that because he might not actually be, I think it's just more like, this is just like, you know, I'm a wrestler and this is like my, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like as if it was a boxer. Right? Like, like is Sean good is at name. being a heartbreaker? Uh, Aubrey Kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know because at this point, the only person that seems to have their heart broken is Sherry. But also, I still don't even, I still couldn't even explain how their feud really ended. Like, it just seemed really, like their angle ended because it was very strange that, that with the really long, what was that, SummerSlam, the really long entrance? <laughs> Remember, it was like it like took forever and they're throwing water on each other halfway through, and I think people were just like, what the fuck? This is ever ending. Oh, with Rick Mortel. Yeah, that was pretty I good. love it so but much. But we are. Suits and Letters podcast. We rewatch old wrestling. Sometimes we talk about new wrestling. And uh, we're glad you guys are here. Like, subscribe, leave a comment. We'll yeah. see you guys next week. Five stars if you like us, please. Bye. Bye.